Welcome to the first episode of It'll Buff. My name is Daniel, and uh, on today's episode, we have my buddy uh, Pittman with us. Um, Pittman, I've known for, I don't know, probably... Going on four or five years? Cause I- yeah, well, I've known you for four or five years, but like our friendship has totally developed in the past two. Like, yeah. somebody who I would call my brother, somebody who I'd go to war with, go to war for... Um, and I think that's an interesting thing just about our relationship and our friend group just, just in general is even though a lot of us have known each other for a decent amount of time, it's been the past two two years where a few of us have like developed a really big uh, respect and love for each other. Yeah, which I mean that, you know, you know, think of back, you know, high, you know, you've been friends with, you know, Conan for. 19 years 19 years and you know i'm going on seven and a half yeah and you know thank you you were best friends with him and i considered him one of my best friends yeah and you know yeah we met in you know when i was in high school you know going over to his place you had meat and then you know you know we were friends but we weren't you know i i, I mean to be honest i just call you an acquaintance because i knew i knew who you were and yeah. i knew of you i was gonna say the same thing i'm like well i don't want to be that you know because no. that's my mentality you know yeah, Conan's got respect for him. You yeah. know, you know, I don't have his number, so he'll never call me if it need be. But you yeah. know, you know, he's you know, Conan rocks with him, so yeah. I'll rock with him. Yeah. But I think over the you know, once you know, because I know you were in Maine for a bit, and then I know I moved away and yeah. came back. Yeah. And you know, having a mutual person that we both miss, mm-hmm. and you know. That was something that brought us together, you know, just because that common interest of, you know, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just want to have conversations, man. Get to know you, and you know, and, and create conversation around shit you've been through. Get a, because uh, you're, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but you ain't nobody. You know, you, you're, you, you know it's, you're just an average blue-collar dude, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm... You know, I feel like, you know, the stereotypical average Joe, you know, you know, granted I work second shift, you know, and I don't have that nine to five, but I don't work an office job. I'm, the, yeah. you know, I work with heavy equipment, yeah. so it's, you know, I'm kind of the lower end of, you know, you know, well, no, I consider my blue self collar any nine to five job in an office a white collar, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I feel the same way. But, you know, wouldn't mind having, you know, nice salary and all that. But. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be wonderful. But, you know. I took the took the route of not going to school. Yeah, you know, if I applied myself, yeah, I could do it, but it's not something I'd enjoyed. Yeah, just because you know, school school was a chore for me. I'd rather I enjoyed high school, but it was more more the people, the sports, and all that. Yeah, but I know all my jobs besides my very first job when I was in high school was manual labor. Yeah, so that's my think of my idea of making it to you know. A blue, you know, a white collar job is owning my own business and still being involved. That's you know, my experience is that's when I've made it. Yeah. But I got other aspirations of you know, I'd like to have rental properties and all that. I mean, they yeah. try to you know, retire when I'm fifty. Yeah. Diversify your uh, your income and shit like have that. Have multiple forms of income. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's start with just uh, so where were you born? I mean, this is something that I didn't even know up until like last weekend. Yeah, I was born in Andalusia, Alabama. Okay. Uh, because my parents were both born in Pensacola, Florida, and that's like an hour and a half from Andalusia. Okay. Because we lived right on the border of Alabama. We could walk a mile down the road and be in Florida. That's that's crazy. Yeah, well, because there was a farmer. He was actually Farmer Brown. That was his name. That's awesome. Because you walk down it, walk down uh, Walker Road, which is the name, the state line, all it was, the sign was gone. Yeah. But the, the what everybody considered the border, Florida, it was paved, and the dirt road. Yeah. Down Walker, Walker Road. Yeah. But, you know, lived in the woods, you know, you know, in double wides, you know, and, you know playing outside i was homeschooled because you know up until when it was up until like 
seventh grade was my first year in public school. But okay. I know I lived in Alabama up until I'd say seven or eight. Yeah. Where I got a lot of memories there. You know. Uh, then I moved out off of moved into Kissimmee because mm-hmm. my dad was able to get a job with AT and T. Well, originally he came down here to start with a phone company called Bell South. But Bell South got bought out by AT&T. Yeah, I remember that. And he was planning on still trying to live up in Pensacola area because that's where his folks were. My mom's mom's folks were. This is where most of our kinfolk was. But we moved down here because AT&T wasn't going to move him. Mm. But they set him up in a server house, which is something I didn't know and probably a lot of people don't know. Phone companies will own houses, and they'll rent them out, but the garage is a server room. Okay. And we were able to get a deal with AT&T to rent from them. Yeah. You know, my dad was making guru money working for AT&T. I don't think my mom was working at that time. But, you know, making guru money. And then... He, the layoff started happening. I can't remember the year, but it's probably early two thousands or what, like well, probably mid two thousands, like recession. Yeah, the recession. Yeah, uh, hit. He got that laid. Was off. like oh eight. Yeah. Oh seven, oh eight, right? Yeah, right around that time. Then he went to work for Directv, still making good money. Yeah, was able to get a house in uh, St. Cloud. Uh, nice house. And he, I know he job hopped from there. Yeah. You know, once he got let go from DirecTV, he went to Bright House. And then he was cut, you know, he went to school for HVAC. You know, he tried to do the American Dream, try to, you know, start his own company. Yeah. But partner fell through, all this other stuff. And... Then, at some point, he was cutting cable, but then another time, he, you know, in my opinion, he was just bummed. Yeah. Uh, then, once I graduated high school, moved up back up to Pensacola. Yeah. So, let's back up a little bit. We're talking about, we're talking about last weekend, um, what it was like for you growing up in your relationship with your pops, and how, it, and so, and not just that, your relationship with your older brother. So you know, having your Corey around, and what 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 was that like, growing up? It, from what I could tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. if it felt more like your like Corey being your older brother was more of the father figure for you, and like why was that? Well, up you know when we were little kids, you know, still like you know not even in middle school yet. Uh, you know, we were homeschooled, so it was. You know, you're always together. Those those are who I considered my friend. You know, mandatory friends. Yeah. And you know, besides church and all that, but we only went twice a week. You know, Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, you know, yeah. At first, it was you know, you know, a lot of picking on each other. You know, it was either me and Corey pick on my little sister, or they gang up on me. Yeah. You know, there's times that I remember in Alabama that you know, I had a bear named Mocha. Favorite thing in the fucking world. And they were, yeah, they just fucked with me. I remember choking out Corey. <laughs> one of the times that, you know, at the time, me and him were, you know, on, I felt like a level playing field. Yeah. And he thought it was funny. And I wrapped up and, you know, you know, being a kid, I'm not really choking him out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, but you're, you're fucking roughhousing, you, you know, you're fighting. As siblings fucking do. But then we moved to, into Kissimmee yeah. at the house. That's when... You know, the you know, I realized he was meaner than me. Uh, you know, because at that point we never really hit each other. You know, we'd play with lightsabers, hit each other in the fingers, get yeah. pissed off. You yeah. know that stuff. But we were going at it, and you know, he said he was going to hit me. I was like, "You're not going to, you're not going to hit me." Blah blah blah, and then boom, <laughs> right in the mouth. Yeah, and you know. At this point, I was like, wow. 
yo, I don't know if I can hit that hard. Yeah. He, motherfucker established dominance. Yeah. That, you know, he established it right off rip. Yeah. I, you know, and, you know, just, I was hit as a kid, you know. You know, I was spanked with all types of stuff, you know, yeah. belt, you know, spoons, hands. Southern discipline, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, that's not child abuse. I wanted that. I want that to be known. I more kids need to be fucking hit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but that's we'll get to that topic later. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, that point, my relationship with my dad at the you know it was still you know I still had respect for him at the time. Yeah. But when we moved to St. Cloud, uh, and you know at that point, me and him both were in the public school system. You and Corey. Yeah. But it was more, you know, Corey, you know, he hit puberty a lot sooner than I was, you know. Eighth grade motherfucker was shaving a full beard. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I mean, and he was, you know, really angry at the time, you know. Seemed like he hated the world, you know. Mm. That's, you know, personal issues he had he's gotten better with. Uh, but it was still, you know, he set the pace early on with me. So it was like, all right, well. Yeah, I ain't gonna fuck with you. You know. I'd rather be your right hand man than in your way. You yeah, know? yeah, no, absolutely. But at that time, you know, once high school hit, that's when you. Know, that's when I started looking for a father figure. That's when I was having trouble in school. You know. Yeah. You know, at that point, you know, my that's when you know high school era was when my dad you know, was being a bum, which is really interesting for a lot of people, you know, and and growing up with a father, growing up without a father, regardless. That, like, really big switch from middle school to high school when puberty's, like, at its fucking peak and your emotions are out of whack, hormones, all this other shit, and you're trying to figure everything out and you need that level of guidance. And I know, like, you know, for me, it was like it was the same thing, you know, and, and that's when shit had you know, started going down at home for me. But, like, that, to look at people and look for something in people and then not be able to find it creates this really weird dynamic in your head it's like well then fuck who do I go to and so, so you start looking and so a lot of people look for it you know in friends and then they you know they get into the wrong crowd or and a lot of people didn't have you know older brothers or you know good people around them so they you know they just end up fucking off type shit you know yeah cause at that time you know that's when I had a lot of respect for my mom because my mom was working night shift she'd yeah. go at 10.30 get home at 6 you know my dad was unemployed at the time just sitting on the couch, yeah. you know, waking up at 10, not helping out. Yeah. And my mom, you know, would run herself to the point where she had such a lack of sleep, she was hallucinating on the weekends. Mm. There was, you know, one time that, you know, she went like a whole week without sleep. Damn. And she came out talking to herself. And I was in the kitchen. I just, you know, it was early morning, either Sunday that I didn't go to church. And she didn't even see me yeah she talked to herself went into the fridge grabbed something went back to her room and i'm like that that was related she's like wow my mom's getting shit done but as a man i needed a father you know a male figure yeah uh that time you know my brother you know he was hanging out with you know i won't say hood people but you know they were you know they were people that you know matched his mentality mm. and you know freshman year and sophomore year you know, I was a kid brother you know they they went off to the gas station I went with them yeah. you know that was just because alright of course we're going to the gas we're going to the gas station yeah but then the work you know the, his work ethic because his senior year he was you know still in some you know all throughout high school he took AP classes and you know, his senior year, he was still taking, you know, high-level classes, doing weightlifting full-time, and working as much as he could. He was working 36 hours a week as a minor. Yeah. Like, he was pushing the... Yeah, the limit on that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I didn't realize it back then, but, you know, he was doing everything he had to do to keep, you know, to get himself a truck in high school. Yeah. You know, we weren't, you know parents weren't set up financially to give us you know help us to get a vehicle or anything like no if you wanted it you had to work for it yeah absolutely and you know 
you know, once he graduated, he got kicked out uh, for dipping. Mm. Uh, kicked out of the house. Yeah, kicked out of the house. Uh, and, you know, you know, he got a job within a week. Mm. You know, found a place to live within a week. And he was working. How old was he at this time? He was 19. Cause he had, so you were how old? I was 16 or 17. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. You know, you know, my dad wasn't working still at the time, you know, or he was cutting cable. But even then, I think that's after he got kicked out. And, you know, it was, wow, you know, if an 18-year-old with no experience could get a mobile mechanic job. Yeah. And, you know. You do it. I, in my mind, it was like, well, why can't you? I know you're a welder, Dad. You go, go weld. Yeah. You know, there's places here that you can go weld. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't want to. You know, he he wanted to go to an office job because, you know, granted, when he was younger, yeah, the dude, my, my, my dad could work. But he got to the point where he got lazy. Yeah. In my mind, he got lazy. Yeah. But then... Once we moved, because after I graduated, my dad's dad's health, you know, his health was failing ever since we can remember. Yeah. So we moved up to Pensacola, and, you know, things were already, you know, bad with my parents. Like, they they haven't slept in the same bed since high school. Yeah. Since, like, sophomore, junior year. Uh... And, you know, there was two points where I was, you know, up there... It was completely lost respect for my dad. Mm. It was one time, the first one, it was my my little sister was, you know, because my papa was mean. And I, at the time, you know, I couldn't realize he was just trying to make up for lost time, you know, picking on us, trying to get us, to, you know, to make memories with us. Yeah. But at the time, my sister, you know, Pittman thing, you know, you know, messed up teeth. Yeah. Uh, my sister was very self-conscious about her teeth. And she was going through the process of getting, you know, braces and all that. And my sister's mean. She, you know, she's mean. And she was picking, you know, my grandpa started picking on her. And then, you know, she, she started picking on him back and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. And at the time living at my grandparents, I slept in a hospital bed in the hallway. Because, mm. you know, parents got a room. My two sisters got a room. And while I was sleeping on the couch or sleeping on the hospital bed in the hallway. Yeah. And I was on my bed, and, you know, because I got back from work. I was tired. I was planning on to go to bed soon. Uh, and he said, well, I hope them dentists take them braces off. They should make your teeth ugly again. Mm. And I lost, you know, I it was a respectful loss because it wasn't my place. You know, I couldn't financially support myself. Yeah. But it was... You know, I told him I was going to pinch his oxygen. Mm-hmm. I was going to turn off his oxygen in the middle of the night. Yeah. And he doesn't need to talk to my sister like that. And at the whole time, my dad was laughing. Mm. And he tried to get on to me. And that played into once I was getting older. You know, my aunt had twins. And they went through a nasty divorce because, my personal opinion, she's a gold digger. Mm-hmm. But that's... Yeah. And these twins were the golden children, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so naive to the world, all that, and, you know. And they're the type of Christians that make give Christians a bad name. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll look, you know, oh, well, the Bible says not to do, th-, you know, very condescending with it and not a loving Christian. Yeah. And they can never see when, you know, See, and that's, that's something that aggravates me a lot. Uh, and, you know, he'd always take their side, and that's what, we, you know, me and Corey realized was that he was going to take care of them more than he was going to take care of his own, mm-hmm. his own kids. Yeah. And that's something that irked me and Cor- my brother, Corey. Uh, and, you know, at that point, you know, I went into the bathroom. I, you know, I still had enough. I knew the levels of, you know, all right, I couldn't do, you know, couldn't put a roof over my head. You know, I couldn't meet the standards to act the way I wanted to. Yeah. So I went to the bathroom, called the girl I was talking to at the time. You know, oh, my God, if he does it again, I'm going to beat the fuck out of him. I can't believe he fucking did that. You know, talking like that. 
you know, I was I got it off my shoulders, nothing like that. And my dad's like five seven, maybe two twenty five. Yeah, I'm six three at the time. I was two twenty five. You know, I was doing manual labor. I was a brick mason. Yeah, in the sun all the time. You know, throwing bricks on scaffolds. So I, you know, even now I can still still consider myself a fit fat. And there was probably a space of maybe four feet between the ki- the refrigerator at the beginning of the kitchen and the countertop. And he wanted to bow up. And, you know, at the time I'm like, is he, you know, really upset, you know, to the point where he wants to fight me because I, I stood up for my little sister. Yeah. And, you know, that just showed me that he cared you know, that made me, he was going to take care of his parents and all that more than he was going to stand up for his kids. Yeah. And then there's, you know, a couple weeks went by and my mom asked him to help clean off the deep freezer lid because she was helping cook. And my dad, you can do it. Why do I, I, I don't need to help. You can do it. And, you know, she bit her tongue and cleaned it off and then not even 30 minutes to an hour later hey can you get that for me no you can get it my mom told him and he caught attitude mm. you know at that point I I stood up in the trailer you know if you stood up too loud you'd shake the whole thing Yeah. boom I hit the ground fucking slipped on my boots stomping and fucking hit the front door I walked up to the Tom Thumb I got a pack of black and mild wood wine tip you know it was maybe a 20 minute walk back in there smoked all five yeah that you know at that point it was you know yeah that level of frustration but then I know leading up to me moving back uh got a place from you know crackheads that were fiending for money beautiful you know like two and a half acres Double wide with an in-ground pool and two mm. barns. Bam. For $70,000. Shit. Yeah, these dudes were fiending. And, you know, me and him ended up staying. Me and my dad were staying there to, you know, to let people know, you know, this is no longer a, you know, crackhead hangout. Yeah. And, you know, at that point I was able to get my dog, Hookah. And he was a beautiful pit bull. He wasn't fixed. Uh, it was from a co-worker's. It was a coworker that had him, but his crackhead sister got him when he when she was real small. You know, brought him over to the place he was staying at, and then just dipped, mm-hmm. left the dog there. You know, they had puppies, and they were at you know trying to find a place for him, so I was able to get them. And you know, just because you know at the time I was able to rationalize it with my dad, he's like, look. You know, crackheads are still around. You know, still coming onto the property. We knew that they'd they drive by the end of it, stop. You know, sit there for thirty minutes and then leave. Yeah. So you know, human senses are only so much, but with a dog, you know, you know, my mind. Yeah, pit bulls got the reputation of being mean dog. This dog was loving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but even even with pit bulls having the reputation for y'all just kind of being there, and if if the dog hears it before you do, he starts barking. Uh, or somebody sees the pit bull out front before before y'all see whoever's out there. Yeah, and that, definitely yeah, helped that. You it's know? a level of deterrent. You know, I was able to rationalize, but I was told, you know, if that dog ever bites somebody, I'm the one that's going to have to put him down. Yeah. You know, that was one of the stipulations because I had, you know, you know, two little sisters and a little brother and my mom there. Yeah. But that dog, there was one time that me and my youngest sister were there by ourselves. At the time, I was able to have my 12-gauge because growing up, we weren't allowed to have guns yeah, yeah. in our rooms. But at that point, it was justified for me to have a gun and ammo within reach at any given time. Yeah. And, you know, it was rained out, so I was able to stay home from work. Everybody else went to school, and my little sister was still at the house with me. And this truck just pulls on the driveway, starts driving around the property. Mm. Well, I take the pinch collar for hookah. I flip it out so the spikes are facing out. Yeah. So I didn't know if there was another dog. I wanted to give him the utmost advantage he could have. Yeah. I mean, this dog knew it was go time. Okay. I fucking loaded the 12 gauge, racked it. Told my listen, if you hear gunshots, runs to Aunt Pat because our aunt lived right across the road. Go yeah. out the back door. You know, do what you got to get do to get Aunt Pat's. Yeah. This truck 
goes around the barn and he's kind of sitting back there I go out the front porch I got hookahs wrapped around my hand and 12 gauge in my other hand I think it was vice versa gun in my right and dog around on my left hand and that dog was up on hind legs ready to go yeah and this crack whore tried to get me to come behind the barn mm. tinted windows I couldn't see he's like get your ass over here I'm gonna start shooting get over here and she pulled up maybe you're 50 feet from the front porch anybody else in that truck and she yo I let the dog go yo I walk up yeah I didn't let her go at the time I put the the shotgun over my left arm and I was walking up pointed at her yeah. I was ready to unload double lot buck into that Silverado yeah and once I got within 10 feet yo enough that I knew Hookah didn't have enough 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 space to get speed to jump into the car yeah. I let him go and I was panning back and forth between her and the backs anybody else in that fucking truck anybody else in that fucking truck no 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 I'm trying to find my car I was like I don't care what the fuck you're doing yeah this ain't their property. You need to fucking leave before you get shot. Mm. Yeah, I sit out there, and so she leaves. You know, I call my dad. Hey, we just had someone pull up on the property. They're driving a Silverado. If you're on your way home, yo, they follow them up to the, I forget what gas station, yo. And she's just sitting there, mm. not pumping gas. You know, he says there's like four of the people just sitting at the pumps, not getting out their cars, not pumping. So he takes... Yeah, at the time he was carrying my grandma's little pocket pistol. Yeah. Sweet little gun, pearl handle. So it was what she had, you know, when she truck drive. Little pocket pistol. Yeah. He gets out and talks to He's like, why the fuck were you on my property? Gives this whole sob story, you know, and all that. Tells him, don't ever come back. You're lucky you're not dead. And that was the, you know, one of, you know, the scariest situations we had. Yeah. But, you know, at that point, I knew that dog was ready to go at any point. And, you know, it was maybe four months before I moved back. You know, all I did was, you know, work, come home, work, come home, work, come home. You know, my coworker Marshall was great, but I was working for my uncle. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, like going to work. It was, all right, I'm well, I'm working for a family member. Yeah. So it wasn't, in my mind, it wasn't truly work. And at the time, you know, you know, Marston, the fucking party animal. You know, he'd show up to work drunk still. Yeah. You know, coming from a Sunday. But dude still could work circles around me, hung over a drunk. Yeah. And, you know. And, you know, so I didn't want to hang out with him because it was, you know. Now, I'd, like, I'd love to hang out with him just because I drink more and all that. Yeah. At that time, I was still at my parents' place and their thing was not to drink, you know. So I was respecting that as much as I could. So... There was no one really my age that I hung out with. Yeah, I hung out with my family and all that, but it's, you know, certain thing, you know, you need that. That camaraderie from your peers. Uh, yeah, and, you know, you can only get so much from family members. And I mean, at one point, you know, it got so bad that, you know, I was ready to, you know, take the 12-gauge and blow my brains out, mm. you know. But that dog, Hookah, came up to me. You know, I sat on the edge of the bed. I was about to grab him. He comes up between my legs goofy as fuck <laughs> and you know that dog saved my life yeah. and then three months later Corey calls me hey you still trying to come down so where are you guys at right now you guys are up in they were, I was still up in Pensacola, Pensacola. at the time yep. I was still working as a brick mason yep. so Corey calls you yeah because I was trying to get on at ring power yeah. where he was starting to work he was trying to get me in there where they were trying to get me in a mirror trail $10 an hour yeah. then he calls me hey you know, Corey's cousin, which is Corey's best friend is Corey, uh, calls me, hey, his cousin Toad has got a job for you. I'm like, well, how much is he paying? $14 an hour. All, only requirement, can you read a, read a tape measure? Yeah. Yeah, I can read it. Yeah, at the time, you know, the brick, you know, with the brick work, I had a brick mason ruler. Yeah. It was a fold-up yeah. you know, yardstick. You know, I could read it. I could look, you know, I knew what measurements we were looking for majority of the time unless it was special then I'd you know have to count each hash fork yeah. but I could still read it I told him fuck yeah I can read it well, when can you start after I finish this house so I tell my uncle hey after this house I'm gone finish that house now it was driving a Pontiac Bonneville 1998 Pontiac Bonneville no AC I love that car oh man that car wish I still had it 
Uh, but I loaded everything I could load up in it, loaded the dog up, and I drove all the way. You know, I've already made the drive a couple times to Pontiac. Yeah. But then my plan was to live with my brother until, you know, I could get my own place or me and Perry could get our own place. Yeah. I get here to Corey's place, and, you know, he was living at Corey's house or Corey's mom's house. She hates pit bulls. Yeah. I get out there, she blows up. I can't believe you're bringing that dog, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to juke and rock and find my, you know, I'll figure something out. Yeah. So I go over to Buddy Angel's house. You know, he had his place, you know. You know, he said, yeah, you couldn't really live here with the dog, but you can stay the night, you know, figure it out. But then I call Perry. Uh, and... Well, I get his mom's phone number. I was like, Mom, can I stay with you? I got a dog. I got a pit bull. I understand if I can't stay, but, you know, you know, other places are falling through. She was like, well, I got other dogs here. Let me call my roommate because she was living with another nurse at the time. Yeah. Helping her out. And, you know, I wait, you know, 30 minutes. She calls me, hey, come on over. We'll see how the dogs do. And if the dogs do okay. Then you can come stay yeah. with me. And, you know, that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at the time, me and Perry, you know, I slept on a mattress in Perry's room up until Sam, the other nurse, and her son. You know, her son graduated and she moved out. But I know in that time frame, I had to give up hookah mm. because, you know, the discipline with dogs weren't there. We weren't on the same page. Yeah. Didn't see eye to eye on that. And he was, you know, pissing and shitting in the house and I wasn't told that you know there's certain things you know that at the time I wish you know I was you know had the confidence to bring up was like hey let me know you know or have that confidence and not having that fear of you know well I got a place to stay I need a place to stay but then I end up giving up hookah to a guy on Hall Paul and you know it destroyed me because that dog saved my life. Yeah. But I've come to the realization it was God put that dog in my life when I was going to need him. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it was time for him, for time for who could to enjoy himself. Because he went out there. There's a female dog there. He wanted, to, the dude wanted to breed him. Yeah. You know, I don't have the heart to go check on, but I know he's having the best time in Hookah's life. You know. Again, pussy, bigger yard to run in. You know, <laughs> yeah. yo, I'm genuinely happy. Could I ever go see who could get? No, I would, yo, yo, I was crying on the way up there. I was crying on the way back. Yeah. And then I got, I drunk, I got, I got drunk at nine o'clock in the morning off of Jim Beam honey. Mm. We had like a, like three quarters of a fifth left. I pounded that passed out on Perry's bed yeah. and went over to my buddy TJ's house, got smacked. I got high, you know, yeah. you know, just because I was so heartbroken. Yeah. But then, you know, I realized, okay, well, I'm young. I'm going to hang out all the time. And, you know, having a dog wasn't the best thing. Which, so that's interesting, right? Just in that, what you were talking about before with you coming from not being in a place where, you know, you didn't have friends so much around. You know, you weren't hanging out and stuff. and But you had hookah. And he was like, like exactly like you said, God had him in your life to save your life, you know, for that for that point in time. And then when it came time for you to come down here, you know, you had, you got you had the job, you had a place to stay, and then you were going to have people around you, whether you knew it at the time or not, you were going to have people around you to do those same things that hookah was was there to do for you then, to keep you in check. To, you know what I mean? Yeah, keep keep me here on earth. Exactly. Know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Which is really interesting. I'm getting fucking goosebumps I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so wild, man. And that's something that you know. As I matured, because I've matured a lot more since I've moved out. Yeah. You know, as a man, you know, all right, well, that, you know, that was one of, you know, know, the third real man thing I had to do was give up something I loved because I knew, well, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And I knew that hookah was going to have more enjoyment. Yeah. Make make that sacrifice. Make that sacrifice for me and him. Yeah, I loved him to death. Yeah. But, you know, you know, looking at hindsight, that was what, you know, it was time for who could do enjoy himself. He was there to make sure I was, you know, to continue, continue God's plan for me. Yeah, absolutely. I took a gamble. 
you know, moving eight hours away from my parents, you know. Yeah. You know, a lot of people look up where their, you know, parents are, you know, right down the road or something like that. But I made that gamble and made that decision. No, I'm going eight hours away. I'm going back to where I my my home is. Yeah. Yeah, I got a home here, but this ain't where my friends are. This ain't where my, you know, family is. Yeah, yeah. And made that gamble, and you know, in the beginning of it, I didn't think it was going to pan out. I thought I was going to lose. I thought I was going to lose everything. Yeah. But you know, that was in God's plans. He He needed me to make that decision to move eight hours away. And, you know, it worked out. It was you know. Times I didn't think you know shit was going to work out, but it did. You know, I just had to have you know. Yeah, at the time I didn't see it as faith. It was no, I got to keep working. I got to keep doing. You know, I got to make this work. Yeah. You know, I gotta keep striving. You know, I gotta be. I gotta do what my dad. You know, when I was looking for a father figure, wasn't doing. Mm. And that's something I gotta keep doing. You know, through the rest of my life, I'd love to get to a point where you know I just show up to work. You know, do paperwork and all that, and I get paid for it. You know, I don't have to worry about. Okay, well, I gotta keep. I gotta keep making these quotas. Yeah. You know, make sure I'm not. You know, bottom of the totem pole. Lay over. Lay layoffs come around. I don't want to be the first guy to go. Yep. You know, I want to be that guy that's you know. We'll take the shit jobs that, you know, because the interview for Ring Power, you know, I was having it with uh, my boss, Brian Phelps, and Dan. Well, he's no longer at, you know, Orlando. But he, you know, they asked me, well, what type of guy are you, a 35-hour guy or a 40-type-hour guy? But knowing my brother would work dog shit hours, you know, right out of high school and all that, I'm a 60-hour type of guy. That's right. You know, you want me to come in early? You want me to come in? Yeah, I'll come in early and I'll stay late. Yeah. You know, you ask me to, I will do it. And, you know, they asked me, well, what, where, where do you see yourself in five years? I told them, well, in five years, I'd like to make Brian look so good that you look so good that y'all move up. And then I hope y'all recognize what I did for y'all and, you know, keep the blessings coming down. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, how I got, you know, I presented myself like that, you know, but I came into a mechanics field with no mechanics experience. Mm. Made it a point, you know, because I knew I was the youngest guy there. Least amount of experiences, you know. You know, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to be slow, but, you know, it's not that I'm not working. It's, you know, I'm learning this and all that. Yeah, learning it as you go, but in just you're, but you're still kicking ass because you're putting in, you've got that strong work ethic. And, you know, <clears throat> and then I got moved into the shop on nights, you know, but I took the, the initiative. There's other guys on nights. I took the initiative to learn how to shut down the shop. You know, that's something, you know, my goal was to, you know, get to a point where I was almost the lead guy on nights and, you know, take the initiative, you know, all right, gee, well, I'm done. You know, how do I shut down? You know, you're doing it all by yourself. That's not fair. You know, my mind, that wasn't fair. You know, you know, I can pick up, you know. If I'm done by, you know, 11.45, I can pick up some weight. You know, I can shut down with you. Yeah. He, he showed me how to do it. And, you know, he was my mentor. But, you know, I got kind of fucked out of it because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't glued to his hip. Yeah. It was, this is the guy you go ask for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's where I kind of got fucked in that whole, you know, mentor thing. But, you know, but that still, you know, showed me that, okay, you can figure it out or, you know, you need to learn to when to make the calls of like, okay, well, do I cut this pin on the C frame that's got hydraulic lines under it that I've never done before? Do I do that risk the, you know fucking up the lines, yeah. or do I make the calls like, no, this is something I don't know. I'll take the bitching, but I got a reason to take the bitching for. Yeah, you know that's what it that set me up for. Uh, then you know I've learned to take you know authority figures you know with a grain of salt now you know when they're getting onto me for stupid shit because it's okay, well. I had a mentor, but I wasn't glued to his hip. I didn't learn this stuff. Or when I get put on machines now, yeah. it's like, well, you've been in the shop for a year. I was like, no, I've been on the track press for a year. You know, defend, you know, actually sticking up for myself now instead of just, oh, yes, sir. You know, which is interesting, right? So when you uh, when you start, first of all, your work ethic has been crazy, and the fact you know your ability to, to to catch on to learn and you know things like that. But at the same time, when it comes to the way your life has changed, 
right? So, yeah, you've been in the shop for a year, but all these other things outside of work has changed, right? So you've become more responsible for yourself, more responsible for certain people around you, paying bills, keeping up with this, doing that. You had other things. So for you as a man, understanding the responsibility that you've had to, you know, and, and the sacrifices that you've had to make for yourself and owning that, and, you know, if, if you fucked up or if you didn't fuck up and, you know, it's like, no, no, I, I did this. I did what I could. You know, I did my best. You know, yeah, this and, you is know. my reasoning why I wasn't able to get it done. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, my mind, it was. Yeah, I'd rather run the time of you know manual labor on the job over than versus buying hydraulic lines for yeah. this whole C frame. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know how well I couldn't weld, it, you know, a couple nuts on there and use a hydraulic press to pull these pins out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they had to cut them out still. But I wasn't comfortable doing it. And I didn't have a lead guy at the time, you know, G, you know, G moved today. So I was, you know, and then the other guy got moved today as well. So I was the only, only guy on the track press floor besides the painter. Yeah. And the Walsh rack guy was in the Walsh rack and, you know, you know, Sammy, the painter, he, you know, he knows how to do stuff, but it was, you know, his, but he's been there long enough to where he ain't going to get fired. Yeah. He's like fucking cutting. I'm like, well, I don't want to fuck up these hydraulic lines. Well, what, you know, I had to make the decision. I had to be my own lead man. It's like, all right, well, what do I do? But then still be adamant about certain things, but in a respectful way. It was like, well, this, you know, it's, this is better, you know. There's nothing wrong with this. It's, you know, it's faster, you know. Because, like, Maybe one, more efficient. Yeah. Because, like, one thing we put uh, on DH, the big landfill machines, and these rollers are on hinges that once you take the tracks out, they'll hit the floor. Yeah. Well, how we do it here in Florida is there's little covers you got to take off. You know, you got to clean out to get to the bolts, take them out, and then put these you know, weird-ass brackets that I don't care for. And he was like, why don't you just put a strap? You know, Because on the ends, it's pointed. Well, not really pointed, but it's a nub, and then it comes back in. Why don't you put a three-foot strap there? Yeah, it's going to fall a little bit. But it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, you don't have to floor. deal. You don't have to deal with you know those brackets taking off. It's faster. Yeah. Well, they tried to say, well, it's not safe. It's like, no, these straps are for thirty five hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, if they're not, you know, if it's unsafe, it's because the strap's unsafe. Mm. But other than that, there's nothing wrong with it. Damn, that's again, that's a fucking great metaphor for life, right? So having somebody coming in and be like, no, look, you know, you can continue to do it this way, but you've also got these tools around you it's smarter not harder you know so instead of pulling them out things dropping getting on the floor doing whatever having to pick up whatever you know whatever this whatever it looks like but flipping that into just like taking care of things around the house to just even conversation and, and dealing with political issues and stuff it's like no like i understand where you're coming from and i know you've done it this way but try and, and if you don't want to continue to do it this way that's that, that's fine but try it this way try to look at it this from, from this perspective how is that I guess my question for you would then be like, how is that working in the environment in which you've worked in being not the lowest guy on the totem pole, but being like the new guy, like especially when you started, how has that helped you in your day-to-day life or has it at all? I mean, it makes me, you know, think about, you know, all right, yeah, this is, you know, standard way to do it. You know, I got to have five tools to do it. Well, can I do it? You know, what can I do to streamline it, make it faster and still be as, you know, was just thinking about work, trying to still be as safe as possible. Yeah, and efficient. Yeah. yeah. You know, are my tools, you know, you know, am I have to jerry-rig a tool, you know, to get, you know, this filter off my truck? Well, no, I got the right tools for it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's just, you know, made me look at different things because, you know, or just anybody that comes in that, you know, you know, of course he's got an idea, you know, you know, I know how to do oil change, but if he knows how to do something faster, you know, well, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, there's a lot of worse things that could happen. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, you know, you know, well, you know, a 45 minute, you know, an hour oil change on my truck could, you know, turn into, you know, a 30 minute oil change yeah. or, you know, even 45 minutes. That's 15 minutes. I can do something else. I can, you know, you know, have a conversation with someone or, you know, you know, say, you know, in that 15 minutes, I could say something to somebody that could change their life, you know, make, yeah. you know, make sure they're still here. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that I've, you know, just grown up, you know, not realizing how much words can do to people. Mm. And, you know, just the fact, you know, hey, how you doing, bud? Could change someone's day yeah. or, you know, have a nice day or, you know, 
you know, even saying, you know, I love you, love you, brother. You know, that can, you know, you know, they can be going through life thinking no one loves and they don't care, you know, but putting on a facade of, you know, you know, no one cares about me, but, you know, still doing what they got to do, but just in that, you know, dog shit rut of, you know, doing it day in and day out, you know, doing what you're supposed to, you know, going over, you know, doing what's asked of them, and but no, getting no, hey, thanks, man, for doing that for me. I really appreciate that from, you a boss perspective, and that's something I think management lacks. It's, you know, yeah, they're getting the same, you know, they're getting stuff done, but, you know, thank them for it. Yeah, it's they're still their job, but it makes the job more, you know, it helps them get through the work week, you know, just the little things. Yeah, you know. the, the, that appreciation. Yeah. Because if you go through, because my man, you know, if I was manage, management, you know, because that, you know, if I end up with a manager job, I want to be the best manager I can. You know, yeah. I want to make sure my guys you know, have love and respect for me enough that if I ask them, hey, man, can you stay late tonight? We need to get this machine done. Can y'all turn it around tonight? Yeah. You know, no problem. We got you. Yeah. We'll get it done. It'll be sitting outside when you come in at 6 o'clock. Yeah. You know, if that type of respect, you know, I'd love that respect, that mutual respect between each other. You know, I trust these guys to get this thing done. Yeah. And they have enough respect. Well, he asked to, we're going to get it done. Yeah. And not, you know, well, fuck, guys, we got to stay late to finish the machine and work on it pissed. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want that. I want them. Yeah, yeah. It's aggravating to stay late. You know, it's a Friday night, but these machines got this machine's leaving at six o'clock in the morning, Monday morning. Yeah. I want it to be. No, nah, he asked us to. We got to get this shit done. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so how's that? How's that worked into your personal life, right? So it, with with that mentality of going in and having treating people with respect and appreciation, how have you seen that uh, a change in yourself? Or changing certain people around you, where you've like, where you've decided to be more loving or like more uh, uh, thankful for certain people, um, or have have you always been like that? I mean, I've always tried to be, you know, happy go lucky and all that. You know, no matter what I was going through, I always tried to make people laugh. Yeah, because you know, you know, it's terrible for me to say this, but you know, you know. I feel like I can take the weight. You know, I feel like I can be the man. I can, you know, well, tell me your problems. I'll hold them for you. Yeah. And keep going regardless of what I'm going through because, you know, my mentality, you know, from, you know, looking at Corey, looking at Marston as, you know, people to keep, you know, work ethic, it's, well, regardless, you got to, you know, put your big boy bands up, put your boots on, and you got to go. The world, the world does not care about you. Mm. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't understand. The world does not care about you. Yeah. Because in my mind, the ring power, I'm C094. That's on, you know, you know, whoever the top dog is, I am C094. Yeah, just a fucking number for him. I'm just a number. But to Jim, to Brian, yeah, I'm a person, you know, but I know the biggest thing is, you know, uh, my buddy TJ, he, he called me one night at work. Hey, man, I blew up my transmission. I'm all the way at Bithlow. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, a normal drive from St. Cloud, not from Orlando. is you know, hour, hour, you know, hour, 30 minutes, depends on how you drive. Well, at the time, I was lucky enough to have a, you know, I got a new vehicle, I got a truck, I got a Toyota Tundra. And, you know, I was one of the, you know, you know he called our buddy, one of our buddies, because uh, his dad has a tow truck and all that, and he had a truck and he could do it. Well, he told him no. Hmm. He called me. And I'm like, well, I can't get out of work early. He called me at like 10 o'clock, and I get out at 12:30. He was like, well, if you can get someone else, you know, I, I got a tow strap where I can get, a, I might be able to get a car dolly. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you know. I got to make a couple phone calls. And this is when my brother was running ragged, you know, in the PM truck. They were working him like a dog, you know, working 70 hours a week and all that. And I call him, say, hey man. You know, I told him the situation, his transmission blew up, he's got six neutrals, we got to be able to borrow the car dolly. He was like, well, I know you haven't pulled the trailer, you know, call me back once you get off work, depending on how tired I am. Yeah. Yeah, because he was going to drive the trailer, you know, you know, my brother was already ready to, you know, have even longer night, you know, to help, you know, just because I called him, hey, one of my buddies need help, I don't, you know, you know, it's a long drive, I don't really want to flat tow him, you know, I flat towed, you know before but i haven't done this long of a distance yeah and you know he was like well you know if we do need this car doll i'm gonna drive you know whatever but you know 
I ended up calling him back and he was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I am, I can't, I, you know, it's going to be rough for me to get home, yeah. let alone go all the way out to Bislow. I don't, don't worry about it. I, I'm, I'm still good. I'll flat to him. I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. So it was an hour, you know, go out to Bithel because he's right next to Orlando Speed World. We go out there, you know, I hook him up and, you know, coming after work. And, you know, I told him, in my mind, it wasn't a problem. But, you know, once we got back to his house, he was trying to, you know, he's trying to give me money. His mom was trying to give me. I was like, no, you, you, you are family to me. Yeah. You know, you call me needing something, you know, I will do any, I'll move mountains for you. And, you know, that made me, you know, just being able to help out, you know, because at the time I was thinking, well, I want to get a fast car, you know, being young, you know, want to get a fat, you know, I wanted to get a charger, I wanted a V8 car, you know. But I ended up getting a truck. But with that, I was able to help people out so much more. Mm. And looking at hindsight, I'm so glad I got a truck because that, you know, it put me in an opportunity if we needed to bring the bike home. Yeah. You know, that's something else. You know, you call me, hey, man, I'm going to get a bike. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I had enough, you know, love and respect for you. Fuck it. Yeah, Brian, you know, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, <laughs> I doubt, nah, fuck it. He ain't going to listen to the fucking fight. He's fucking old. But, you know, I called out saying I had food poisoning. Yeah. And fucking hung out in Claremont. You know, ended up not needing to put the tr- bike in the truck. Yeah. But, you know. That you know, that brought me joy. Yeah. You know, we you may have sat there for fucking six hours, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that wasn't a problem for me. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, it was pretty far. You filled up my gas tank. You you gave me money, but you know, but I know there was that respect that you know, I knew you'd be insulted if I turned down the money. Yeah, and there you know there was a point you know, all right, yeah, you can buy me breakfast. You can fill up my gas tank, but you know. There was that level of respect, you know. I, you know, come, knowing where you came from, that was something you felt like I deserved. It was going to be more of an insult for me turning down the money than taking it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's different situations. Like with TJ, you know, I won't take money. You know, you know, I won't take money from him. You know, just because you know, yeah, it, yeah, it was an hour out of my way. You know, just to get out there, then it was two hours of driving back. But no, he was in a pinch. You know, I'm not going to, you know, leave someone high and dry, you know, regardless. Yeah, I'm, you know, if you call me, you're in fucking Everglades. Hey, man, I need to get towed. All right, but I'll be there. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to be there. And, you know, you know, I like to have the mentality if someone calls me, hey, man, I need a shirt. Without question, taking a shirt off my back. Yeah. Because, you know, I've worked in the sun. It's a sunburn. I get tan. Yeah. You know, I know that, you know. I, you know, I can make this, you know, I feel like I can make the sacrifice. All right, well, someone needs some money for gas, you know, to get to work. All right, I can, you know, I'll, I'll juke it wrong. I'll do what I've got to, you know, make sure my bills are squared away, but I'm going to try to take care of my people. Yeah, where did that come from? Do you think that that came from Corey specifically? Do you think that came from your mom? Do you think it was a mixture of both? It, your pops, you know, in the younger days of things? and It was, well, growing up, you know, you know, growing up, I didn't realize, you know, how rough we had, you know, just being a young kid, naive. But as I got older, it was like, wow, you know, other people, you know, getting $20 from their parents to go to a football game. Yeah. Now, I had to sneak into football games. I didn't, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Or I'd wait, you know, I'd sit outside the fence, watch the game from outside the fence until they quit, you know, buying tickets after halftime. Yeah. And then I'd walk in. Or if I knew a teacher, I'm like, hey, I don't have money, can you? Like, yeah, come on in. Yeah. You know. I made sure my relationships were good with people so where stuff like that could happen. Well, so that's, I guess that's, that's really the question. Where did that come from? That, that relation, that, that ability to, or that you feeling it was important to develop those relationships. Was it something that just kind of came naturally? Something you felt? It was, you know, when I think of a friend, I like to have an intimate relationship. I, you know, you know, they at you know, if someone asked me, you know, I'd like to be that person they think of, nah, he can take care of it. You know, because I've been given keys to, you know, the whole fucking school before. Yeah. Hey, can you go run this? You know, I could have easily taken some of those keys off and was able to get into all these rooms and everything. But I, you know, I, you know, they trusted me enough that, hey, go run this to Marlega or yeah. run this to Peace. You know, I was, you know, oh, oh he don't need a pass. They're not going to stop, you know, yeah. just because I presented myself. But back to the, 
where I got the, you know, I'd give the shirt off my back. It was, you know, in high school, I realized that, you know, I can't, you know, go hang out with friends. You know, I don't want to be that bum. Perry, you know, you know, his senior year, my junior year, and like sophomore year, it was never a, you know, he'd hit me, hey, you want to go, you want to go eat? No, man, I'd, I'd, I'd be honest with you, I'd love to hang out with you. I don't have money. He was like, I asked if you wanted to go eat. I didn't ask if you had money. Yeah. And it was the friends that, you know, picked my tab up, you know, took care of me. Mm. And that set me up to, you know, all right, now I got money. Yo, you're the only person that I know that's making more money is my brother. I got the money. No, you want, we want to go to Chili's? No, fuck it, I got the tab. Yeah. No, nah, I got this. You know, just trying to pay it back because that was such, uh, I had so much gratitude, you know. I don't feel like I'm in debt to them. Yeah. But I, you know, they took care of me when I couldn't take care, you know, couldn't do stuff. They, they, yo, let's go to McDonald's, you know. Yo, me and Perry, we go get 50 piece nugget. He'd pay for it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, never done me dirty. I'll, I'll ride for that man. You know, I'll do anything that man asked me, you know. If it's something stupid, I'm like, hey, this, this is the outcome. You still want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, Perry did that a lot for me. And, yeah. you know, I'm forever grateful for him because, you know, you know, he was working, playing sports and all that. But he didn't, you know, you know, never thought, oh, he ain't got money. Fuck him. You know, it was not. I enjoy your company. Yeah. And, you know, I got, you know, let's go to DQ, man. Uh, you know, stuff like that, you know. Well, let's ride up the loop, just hang the fuck out. You know, you go to academy, you know, fuck around, you know. It was never, you know. Hey, you got money to do that? No, is not oh gas money? No, if I had it, yeah. Hey man, I got five dollars. Let me let me get you. You know, put this in your tank, man. Yeah. I mean, the least I can do. It's all I can do, but this is the least I can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that you know, in a sense, I do feel indebted. You know, but I was blessed to have such good people, and now I'm in a situation where I can make it tenfold. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? So coming from, you know, growing up the way you did. And your pops working, you guys guys moving around just a little bit, and being in and out of situations where you know you might have felt unsafe or the situation might not have been you know the best you know, uh, but in the level of gratitude that you then have and developed from those situations and like understanding that yeah I didn't come from I didn't come from complete shit like other people, but yeah. I I didn't come from the best like other people as well, and so that that having that middle ground in developing compassion and um and and gr again gratitude you know for for people who are willing to take care of you and then giving it right back you know yeah because i mean it was you know and i can't explain it, you know it you know i didn't you know yeah i knew i you know i grew up you know yeah i'm coming from that situation but there's someone out there that's worse off than me you know someone that doesn't isn't blessed with friends like mine yeah. so that's why i never i never try to bitch about my situation because i know someone out there is going to have a shittier situation than me yeah and not you know not knowing if they're strong enough to get through it you know me bitching about oh you know like with working you know just during the pandemic you know i was still working i was still at 40 hours yeah you know it was shit you know you know, not doing what I want to do at work, but I knew people weren't working. In my mind, okay, that's an, I don't have anything to bitch. I'm blessed right now. Yeah. Yo, I'm so lucky they didn't cut night shift. Y'all, I'm so lucky. Didn't get cut down to 35 hours. Yeah. You, you know, and like you're sitting, you know, you got cut down in hours, and you know, that I didn't have room to, you know, my mind, I didn't have room to bitch. Yeah. And you know, I knew people were out of job. You know, that in my mind, you know, the situations, you know. I, I never have room to bitch, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I'll bitch and moan and complain, yeah. but it's, you know, if I know someone's in a shitty situation, no, I'm going to be there for them. Because, yeah, yeah, complain because it's like, yeah, this is like shittier, you know, not what you're used to and it's just annoying. Yeah, it's just but annoying. Not, but not out of like uh, a woe is me type, you oh, know, type why, of Oh, why me, why yeah. me, you know, it was never like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, even, I'm right, I'm blessed, you know. I got a roof over my head. I got food in my fridge. I got good friends. I got a good dog. I got a truck. You know, there's nothing for me to really bitch about. Yeah. Yeah, I got struggles, you know. You know, well, I'm going to make, am I going to make ends meet? You know, you know, okay, well, I've ate out too much. You know, you know, I got a jug and, you know, 
I got to cut down. You know, I got to, I got to be frugal. Yeah. But it's not enough to bitch about. Yeah. You know, because you know it's my decision to go eat. You know, it was my decision to put me in a situation. You know, I can't bitch about it. Yeah. You know. You know, I'm gonna fig- I'm gonna do something to figure it out. Yeah. Uh. And yet that, you know, I don't know where that came from. I there was no, it wasn't a definite turning point. It was all I was. I guess I was mature being the middle child, you know, the middle child, all, you know, you know, is always neglected and all that, you know. So I matured. I feel like I've matured quicker just because, you know, well, Corey was older than the baby girl. Yeah. You know, so there was that middle ground where I felt, you know, I wasn't, you know, didn't feel like I was loved enough, you know. But, you know, I, you know, I grew out of that. You know, I got out of that mentality at a very young age. It's yeah. like, I, you know, I rationalized, well... This is kind of a good thing. I could do the same thing Corey's doing and not get in trouble for it. You know, there's certain things that, you know, I looked at, okay, well, what, how is this, how is this situation going to benefit me or how, you know, you know, stuff like that. I didn't have that, you know, victim mentality. Yeah. You know, I could easily be, oh, I was a middle child. I was fucking neglected, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's, I can, it put me in a situation where I can read a situation better and figure out. All right, well, how do I fly under the radar? Oh, well, how do I make myself stand out versus the next person? Yeah. You know, certain things like that. Yeah. You know, what do I do have to, you know, yeah, they're the favorite. What what do I do? What can I do to make myself stand out from them doing the same thing? What can I do slightly different to put, you know, that's the best way I can rationalize it. You know, both of my parents came from blue collar, you know, my, my dad's dad, you know, he hustled. He did everything. Yeah. He was, you know, had his own meat store, insurance, you know, truck driver, did everything. But, you know, he was one of the people during the Vietnam War. He went to go enlist instead of getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's that, that willingness to put yourself in a situation or in, in you know, in, in, well, like you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back to you in the way that you taking that, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. Because this could fuck me up for the rest of my life. I could, I, I, I'm young. And I, I know I've got the whole rest of my life ahead of me, and, but this could really just fuck my day, uh, the rest of my years up if, if this doesn't work out. But at the same time, I know if this does work out, this this could set me up for life. You know, yeah, th- there's this could benefits be, to the risk. Yeah, it, it, when it's that level, like the, the, the risk and reward, and people not willing to take that and make that sacrifice and willing to, to, to go the extra mile or, or, or to do what what other people won't do to do the shit jobs to, you know, to, to be like, you know what? I know that moving down here eight hours away from my family, eight hours away from, you know, the job that I had, uh, and, and, and risking, you know, ending up on the street, sleeping in my car, whatever that looks like knowing and, and hoping and praying that I've got enough balls you know, underneath me to, to make it work as best as I can. And if it doesn't, I'll figure it out. I'll figure that I'll, I'll, I'll cross that road when I get to it. But just you know the ability to 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 kick it off like this fucking podcast. Yeah, I know that's something you know. I know I, you know, I know you're the host and all. But even through all those situations you've gone through, you've you know, you've done more to live the American dream than any kid our age. You've mm-hmm. had so you know you've tried so many things and you know, like you said, the fire what you know the fire was there, but it wasn't in for that. Yeah. And you know, you know, I'm praying this takes to, you know this is something that you burn for. This is something that fucking, burns, yeah. and you know. You've lived, you know, you've attempted the American dream more than a lot of people will ever think about. Yeah. You know, like, you know, photography, you wanted to do photography. You went, you got, you know, you figured out, you started doing it. Well, you had a passion for it, but the passion there wasn't really that, you know, you had that burning to do something creative. Yeah. But that wasn't there. You know, then the t- you know, the t-shirts. Still kind of want you to do t-shirts. Oh, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if this if this keep, if this takes off like I hope it will, then yeah, it'll definitely be some merch for this shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you know the you want to be you know that uh, I don't know what the like a producer or what a, you know yeah in high school and then you know your dream of creating that space for artists to come together. That's yeah, you know, I don't want to spend too much. I don't want <laughs> someone to do it before you do it. Yeah, but you know you haven't you know thinking of that you know thinking like that at such a young age yo. That's, you know, it brings me joy and, you know, pride that, you now I know that guy. I yeah. want him to succeed. You know, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm one of the few people, you know, I want everybody to succeed. Yeah. You know, whether you're eating at my table or not, you know, I want you to succeed. I yeah. don't want anybody to fail. You know, 
you really have to do me dirty to really want, you know, I mean, to sit there and enjoy to watch you burn. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, the type of person I am, you know. I'll take a lot of stuff, but once you cross that line, no, I hope, you know, I hope you wrap yourself around a tree. That, yeah. you know, once you cross that line, that level of respect for me is gone. And you're, you know, I don't see you as a man anymore. You know. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> thank you for uh, listening to the first episode of It'll Buff. Thank you, Sean, for... Uh for her Pittman or fuck man. I, I just done fucked up. I just, I just crimson, 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 crimson. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking safe word. Uh, Harder. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks for listening to uh, the first episode. Uh, I hope some, I hope somebody learned something and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me on. And you know, anybody out there that's listening know that, you know, I might not know you personally, but I hope you succeed in life. And I, you know, I genuinely love you. And I want you to, you know, I want you to know that, you know, someone cares about you. I might know, not, might not know you personally, but someone does care about you. If you listen, I care about you. I love you. And I'll let you fuck me anytime you want. All right. That's getting cut out. <laughs> Bye, everybody.